but I do, I do truly, truly appreciate this church for all of your support and for your prayers. And, and I just ask you all to continue to, to hold me up in prayer and, and all the missionary work. Because if you pray about it, you'll have a burden. Exposure breeds a burden. Uh, I know whenever, whenever Jesus began to talk to his disciples and he said, pray for, for fellow laborers for the harvest. And that's the end of chapter 9 and the beginning of chapter 10. He tells them to go out. So he told them to pray. Pray for laborers. And then he said, you're it boys. Go on out. And so that exposure, whenever you begin to pray about something and you get a burden for it, then God will open those doors for you. Amen. And so if you'll stand with me, we'll get into the reading of the word tonight. We're going to go to Psalms. Chapter 90, I'm going to read verse 12. I thought about reading the whole chapter, but we're just reading 12, so that'll help you all out a little bit. Uh, I apologize, I did not get my material to the masters of ceremony, as I called him before church. Uh, I didn't get him anything, so he's going to be winging it just like the rest of us. So, yeah, he'll do all right. <clears throat> but Psalms, chapter 90. Reading verse 12, it says, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. If you'll put your Bibles down and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I lift up your name, Lord. I ask you to reach down, Lord, to, to touch this service tonight, Lord, the remainder of the service, Lord, that you would touch me and anoint me, Lord God. Lord, let me speak your word, Lord, no more, no less, Lord God. I just want to be your mouthpiece, Lord. Let your anointing rest upon me, Lord. Let your spirit be upon me because of the anointing, Lord. And anoint this church to hear, Lord. Help us to receive what you have for us, Lord. I know that you have a word for us tonight, Lord God. So help us to receive it. We give you praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to, to title this message tonight, Don't Let This Moment Pass. Don't let this moment pass. And, and I began to be stirred a little bit as, as Pastor McCall got up here and he talked about, about later on this week and how you might be so busy and everything, but, but, but uh, basically, if I can put it uh, in, those, in those words, he was saying, don't let this moment pass. Don't let the remainder of your week determine how you worship God right now. Things may be upside down. Your family may be falling apart. The bills may be stacking up. Everything might be upside down in your life, but, but don't let this moment pass because all we have is the moments that we're given, church. Amen. We're not promised to tomorrow. We're not promised next week or next month or next year. Yes, it's good to make plans. Yes, it's good to prepare, but we can't let this moment pass. We can't expect a... Uh, to live forever. We can't expect to, to, to have everything we want, and, you know, our, our cake and to eat it too. But we've got to live in the here and now. We've got to, to, to take every moment that we get. And we need to store it up. Get all you can and can all you get, they say. We've got to store it up. We've, we've got to get every ounce of it. Whenever we began to praise and worship tonight and, and it hit me, it was like, don't let this moment pass. You have an opportunity to praise God. You have an opportunity to worship God. Don't let this moment pass. There's countries that don't have the freedom to worship God tonight. There's people that are worshiping underground tonight. 
Be thankful for the freedom we have. Be thankful for the opportunity to come to the house of God. We, we have two good hands. Don't let this moment pass. We've got two good feet. Don't let this moment pass. When we have an opportunity to worship God, when we have an opportunity to praise, don't let that moment pass, church, but grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of it. Get every opportunity you can. Seize every moment, church. We only have one life, but every life is filled with many, many moments. A moment is, is just that instant in time. It's a moment and then it's gone, church. It's, it's here today, gone tomorrow. You have those moments that are in your life. We have those, those defining moments, if you will, those, those times that come in our life that it's not the normal, it's not just the average, it's not the mundane, but, but they're the special times in your life that come and, and there's an opportunity put before you. We have, to, we have to take those moments, church, because there are those defining moments in our life. But we've got to realize that they're there and we've got to take a hold of them. We can't let them slip because just like grains of sand that, that sift through your hands, once they're gone, they're gone. They're, they're not there anymore. Those, those sands in the, in the hourglass, once they've, they've fallen, they're in the bottom. They're no longer in the top. Once those days tick by in your life, those seconds, those, those minutes, once they're gone, they're gone, church. So we have to seize every moment. Don't let this moment pass. Psalms 90 is, is a prayer of Moses. And he was concerned about making account of our days. He said, teach, teach us to number our days. It, it wasn't to woe our past failures and mistakes, church. But he was concerned about our future. He was concerned about where they were going. He said, teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. It wasn't about what I failed to do yesterday. It wasn't about sitting around woeing uh, my past failures and mistakes. But it was teach me to do what's right. Teach me for my future. Educate me. Pick me up. Strengthen me. So many people have a misconcept of what grace is. They think it's a, a, a get out of hell free card. But, but grace is a teacher, the Bible says. It teaches us. Grace picks you up, but it shows you to do right. It shows you the direction to go. It gives you strength to carry on. Grace is not a crutch, church. But grace is there to pick us up, and it's there to teach us for the future. It's not just to, to beat us over the head for what we failed in, but it's to teach us to do right so that we don't fall in the same mistakes again. If you keep going down a road and you keep falling in that same hole time after time after time, take another road. That's what grace does. Grace picks you up and it says, you know what? Take another road. Stop going this direction. Stop going down this path. You keep, you keep falling into this, so go around. Don't put yourself in temptation's way, but go around. And so, so Moses, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to, to, to beat them over the head about their past. But it was a prayer to God that he was saying, teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So that we can do what's right. We can do what is the wise thing to do. I remember a, a message that I believe his brother Woodward preached at men's conference here a few years ago. And, and he made a statement and it stuck with me. He said, uh, it's not whether is it right or wrong, but is it wise? He said, it's not, is it right or wrong, but is it wise? There's too many people saying, well, is it a heaven or hell issue? Well, pastor, is it a heaven or hell issue? 
Whenever somebody says, is it a heaven or hell issue, basically what they're saying is, I'm only going to do for God what I have to do for God. If you have that mindset, if you have that, that in your heart, then, then you're serving God with the wrong mindset to begin with. Whenever you're saying, I'm only going to go this far and I'm not going any further. If you can't prove it to me, I'm not making any sacrifices for God. And so too many people, they have that mindset that, that is, it, is it heaven or hell issue. But he said, it's not is it right or is it wrong, but is it wise. There's things that you will be confronted with that, that it may not be a sin, but it may not be wise. That's why God has given us pastors. You know, the pastor, he's that watchman on the wall. The Bible says he watches for your soul. Ezekiel said he's the, he's the watchman on the wall, and he's got to cry out the alarm. But the thing is, he's on the wall. You know what you can do when you're on a wall? You can see further than somebody that's on the ground. You can see further than somebody that's in the battle. That's why God has placed people in our life, ministers, to minister to us, to strengthen us. The one that can stand on the wall and say, you know what? You shouldn't do that. I see danger. You can't see it, but there's danger there. This is not in my message. <laughs> but, but God has put the messenger there for us. That he is on the wall. Some people, they don't understand. Well, why, why is the pastor telling me I can't hang out with that person? That, ain't nothing wrong with that. Why is the pastor telling me I shouldn't date that person? Ain't nothing wrong with that. I ain't doing nothing wrong. We're not sinning. But you know what? There's danger there. And the pastor sees danger that you can't see because you're in the heat of the moment. You're in, you're in the battle, if you will. And you can't see things. But the pastor's up on the wall. He's able to see further than you can see. And so that's why we have to be in submission to those that have the rule over us. Getting back on my message. Don't let this moment pass. James said, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. What is your life? He said, Don't, don't be taking thought for the morrow and saying, We're going to go into such a city and buy and sell and get gain. He said, But you, you should say, If the Lord will, we shall do this or that. If the Lord will. It's all about God's will. It's not my will. It's God's will. It's not about what I want. It's about what He wants. That's a relationship, people. A relationship is not all about me, me, me. But it's when you care for somebody else. And that's the way it is with God. That's why He, he describes so many times it's a relationship. It's a marriage. That, that in a marriage, you should care for your spouse. You should put their needs before your needs, their desires before your desires. That's a healthy relationship. That's the way God designed it. I know that's not the way it is in, in much of the world today, but that's the way God designed it. And let's go by His design, okay? Let's go by His design. But it's the same in our relationship with God. It's not always about what we want, but what does God want? It's not always about how can He please me, but how can I please God? If I see something in His Word and I see that it pleases God, I don't care if it pleases my flesh. I'm going to do what pleases God. There are things in the Word of God that may not please me. It may not please my flesh because the Bible says the flesh is enmity against God. Your flesh is the enemy of God. If you do what the Word of God says to do, there's going to be some things you don't want to do. If you're not doing anything that you don't want to do in your flesh, you probably ain't serving God. Amen? 
You got two or three people that have a relationship with God. <laughs> but, but Psalms 90 also says we spend our years as a tale that is told. We spend our years as a tale that is told. I don't know if you feel like I do, but I don't want my, my tale to be a tale of missed opportunities. I don't want to look back and think of all the woe is me. To look back and think of all the things I could have done. All the things I should have done. All the things I would have been. I don't want my, my life to be a tale that is told of a bunch of missed opportunities. But don't let this moment pass. Every moment, every opportunity, seize it. When it comes, don't let, us pa- don't let it pass us by. I'm sure that we've all had those times when, when we had a chance to pray for somebody or invite them to church. And it was, it was later that we thought of it. Anybody else ever been there? Somebody tells you about a sickness. And it's when you get in the car that you think, I should have asked them if they wanted prayer. That was an opportunity. Or you had an opportunity, somebody was, was struggling with something in life, and, and just as soon as they leave, you think, I should have invited them to church. It was a missed opportunity. We've all had those moments. But if you'll think back to, to a few, few old guys, Peter, James, and John, sleeping in a garden. You know, I'm sure if, if they could have, have looked back, I'm sure if they could have went back, they would have done whatever they had to do to stay awake. But there's something about the past. It's just that. It's past. It's gone. It's those sands in the hourglass. It's never to be recaptured. It's gone. We have to let it go, church. There are those missed opportunities. But as I said, it's, it's not about focusing on our woes and about our, our missed opportunities and the things that we didn't do yesterday. It's about what we can do today. I'm sure that, that if we have the opportunity, that, that we would seize it. I'm sure that, it, that if, if we saw it, you know, if we would be sensitive to the will of God, if we would be sensitive to the voice of God, then whenever those opportunities come, we will take a hold of them. So that's why it's, it's so important tonight for us to be sensitive to the voice of God. Because there are those times. I've been guilty of it. I'm sure we all have where we did look back and we think, you know, I, I should have done this and I should have done that. But, but that's where we need to hit our knees. And, and we pray, Lord, teach us to number our days that we can apply our hearts unto wisdom. Lord, teach me to do better. Let your grace cover a multitude of sins. Let your grace cover the areas of my life where I've failed, where I've fallen, where I come up short. Let your grace cover that, but let it teach me to do better. So that the next time I'm presented with that opportunity, that I'll be sensitive to the voice of God. And when somebody says, you know, I'm sick, then then it'll it'll be an instant response that'll come up in us that'll, that'll say, let me pray for you. Then whenever somebody's struggling and they've got uh, family problems, we'll, we'll say, let me pray for you. Yeah. That whenever somebody is going through something, we can, we can encourage them. We can pick, up, pick them up. We can, we can invite them to church. We can, we can go out to somebody and when, when the door opens, that we can give somebody a Bible study. That we can give them that Bible study. Just as a side note, before you can give somebody a Bible study, you've got to know it yourself. A lot of people, they... They want to be a witness, 
but they're not doing a whole lot to prepare for it. You know, we say, well, I can't teach a Bible study. Well, are you new? No, I've been in church all my life. <laughs> What's stopping you? If you've been in church 20 minutes in an apostolic church, you ought to at least know Acts 2.38. You know, if you can't teach anybody anything, teach them Acts 2.38. But we should be growing. We should be putting in. There's that old saying, garbage in, garbage out. It's an old computer adage. But it holds true to our life. Garbage in, garbage out. We're, we're pumping everything else into our heads. We've got all this carnal stuff going in. And we wonder why we don't have anything Christian coming out. We spend so much time with carnal things. Involving ourselves in this and that. And, and everything but God. And we wonder why we're not getting anything spiritual out. Why am I not getting anything out of my spiritual walk with God? Well, what are you putting into it? Where is your relationship with God when nobody else sees? Yeah, you look good on Sunday. Yeah, you look good on Wednesday. You got it all uh, under control. But what are you when nobody sees? What is it in the morning when you get up? What is it when, when you go home in the evening? What it, how are you with your family? How are you in your prayer life? How are you in your study life? How is your personal consecration, your personal dedication? Don't let this moment pass. It's not just about tonight. This message isn't just about tonight. If you're only touched for tonight, then I really haven't done anything. You haven't really received anything. Because when I say don't let this moment pass, I'm not just talking about this moment right now. But this is something that you should take with you. That, that when you get up in the morning and, and, and you're a little tired but you know you need to hit your knees or you know you need to read your word, you need to go ahead and do those things. Don't let this moment pass because I, believe me, believe me, you will not regret it. You're not going to regret that. No, no, nobody on their deathbed says, I wish I would have spent less time with my family. And nobody in the next life is going to say, I, I wish I was less dedicated to God. It's not going to happen. You can't be too dedicated to God. You can't be too consecrated. You can't fall too much in love with the one that saved your soul. And so whenever, whenever you get that opportunity, don't let this moment pass because there's so many people that don't have that opportunity. I, I've, I've got books and, and videos and testimonies of, of people that have went through so much just to get a Bible that have suffered persecution just to get a hold of the Word of God. I'm talking about people being beat and tortured for what you had the freedom to do. For what so many people cast about so lightly. That lays on their, their nightstand and collects dust. That they don't bother to pray, but there's people that are beaten because they prayed. We have an opportunity, church. We have a privilege such a grand privilege. Don't let this moment pass. Don't let this life pass one moment at a time until the point when you look back and you say, what have I done? When you hit that midlife crisis and you're looking back thinking, God, what have I done for you? What have I really done? I read a story of uh, the one that started the Voice of the Martyrs, Richard Warmbrand. His story, whenever he, he talked about uh, he was in Romania and he, he spent, I believe it was 14 years altogether in prison because of his belief. And he said, 
whenever they were first put in a solitary confinement, the thing that really ate them up was the, the thought that kept coming back to them, have I done everything I could for Jesus? Because when you're faced with that moment, when you're faced not knowing if I'm going to be allowed to live another day, when you're faced with thinking, you know what, They're, they could be fixing to come and kill me. And it begins to hit you, have I done everything I could for Jesus? Because at that moment, you don't think you're going to have another opportunity. So I ask you tonight, have you done everything you can for Jesus? Don't let this moment pass. Because one day you could be looking back thinking, the opportunities I had. Don't let this moment pass. I believe, well, let me back up. Jonathan Edwards said, resolved never to do anything which I would be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. But I believe we should take it a step further and, and resolve to do the things that I would if it were the last hour of my life. Not just not do the things that I'd be afraid to do if this was the last hour of my life, but do the things that I would. As I said, if this were the last hour of my life, what would I do? How would I worship God? How would I praise God? Would I be ashamed of God? The Bible says if I'm ashamed of Him, He'll be ashamed of me. But if this was the last hour of my life, how would I worship? How would I praise? How would I outreach? How would I study? How would, I, how would my relationship with God be if I knew this was the last hour of my life? We have a charge that we must work while it is yet day. Jesus said the night cometh when no man can work. There's a time coming when no man can work. When this life is over, when you breathe your last breath, the work's done, church. There's no going back. There's no second chances. There. It's not like the video games where you get an extra life. Oh, when this one's over, it's over. It's done. The night cometh when no man can work. So don't let this moment pass. We've all made mistakes, but Paul said, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, It's not about the things that I've I done in my past, whether that was a failure or whether that was a success. There's a lot of people get hung up on their successes. And it's not them looking back thinking, woe is me. But it's them think, thinking back thinking, oh, look what I've done. Look what I accomplished. Look who I am. There's a lot of people, it's not their failures to hang them up, it's their successes. But Paul didn't say it was the failures. He just said, forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what's in your past. He said, it's what's in my future. It's the moments that, that I, I take today that determine my future tomorrow. In time, we're all equal. Everybody has 24 hours. We all have the same opportunity tonight. Nobody's rich, nobody's poor. In time, everybody's equal. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are. It doesn't matter your, your class, your... None of these things matter in time. In time, you got 24 hours in every day. Some people have a full day, some people don't. But we all have the same amount of time. What we do with it, what we choose to do with our time, whether we use that time wisely or not, is up to each and every one of us. Nobody's rich, nobody's poor. We all 
have an opportunity to make a difference. We all have the potential that God has put in our life. I come to let you know tonight that you have potential. That's something I've faced so many times is where the devil has beat people down so many times that they have lost hope in their life and, and they don't believe they have potential. They don't believe God wants to use them. Has anybody here ever faced that? I, I remember a while back I, I told a young man that, that I said, you know, I, I believe I said that, that God wants to use you. God has a purpose for you. And he, and he looked at me and, and it was the despair in his voice and he said, really? And he was sincere and, and it, it done something to me, church. Because the devil has beat people down to where they don't believe that God would use them. That he's stolen the hope from people. But there is such potential in this church. There's such potential in you. I don't know you. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you faced. But I do know that you have potential. I do know that God wants to use you. God has a purpose. God has a plan for your life. You're not a mistake. Don't believe the lies of the devil. But seize every moment. Every opportunity that God puts before you and become what God would have you to be. One step at a time, one day at a time, one moment at a time. Become what God would have you to be. Don't let this moment pass tonight. But be what God would have you to be. Speaking of potential on on a little flip side of it. A little funny. Some people... For too many people have potential, but potential energy. You know, there's, there's, there's different types of energy, but two type is potential and kinetic. I'll give you a science lesson tonight. Potential energy is energy by virtue of its, of its place. It's, it's a rock on top of a hill. It's got great potential, but it's sitting there. Then you have kinetic energy which is energy by virtue of its motion. It's that rock rolling down the hill. It's got the same energy, whether it's stored energy or whether it's energy in motion. There's a lot of people that have potential energy. There's a lot of potential in you. It's great to tell somebody you got potential, but it's even better to tell them you got kinetic. You can go around and tell people you got kinetic. You don't have potential, you got kinetic. Everybody's got potential. But some people done took it a step further. They got kinetic. They're not letting that moment pass, but they're seizing that moment. They're doing what God called them to do. They're reaching out. They're making a difference. They're being what God would have them to be. They've got kinetic. They've done went beyond that. It's great to have opportunities, but it's even better to seize those opportunities. Where there is opportunity to help others or it's to make a, a change in our own life. Don't let this moment pass. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. There is no day like today to make things right, church. It doesn't matter where you're at, what you've been through. As I said, I don't know your life. And that's the beauty of it. I can speak in generalities tonight that the pastor might not get away with. 
Because if he said it, people's thinking, oh, he's talking to me because he knows my situation. I counsel with him. But I can just speak in generalities that, that God wants to use you. God has a purpose. He has a plan for your life. He wants to use you. It doesn't matter what you've been facing. It doesn't matter what you've been through. No matter what you've messed up, God can fix it. No matter what you messed up, stop blaming it on God. Stop blaming it on the devil. What you messed up, God can fix it. We need to accept responsibility for our actions. Amen? You know, that was Adam and Eve's problem all the way from the beginning. They wouldn't accept responsibility for their actions. They played the blame game. Well, before we can ever get help from God, first of all, we have to accept responsibility that it was me that messed up. I'm not saying the devil don't play a part. He's there whispering in your ear just like he did Eve. He plays his part, but he can't make you do anything. If you fall, it's because you chose to fall. Nobody will be able to say, well, the devil made me do it. On judgment day, nobody's going to say, well, the devil made me do it. It's going to be your own action, your own choice. God won't, you know, somebody say, I don't understand how a loving God would send people to hell. God doesn't send people to hell. You do. It's because you chose your sin over God. You chose to go there. God's not going to force anybody to go to hell. If you want to serve Him, you can serve Him. He created you a free moral agent. You can serve Him. So stop blaming the devil. But accept responsibility for your action. And come to God and He can clothe you. Just like He did Adam. Before Adam could, could receive that clothing from God, he had to first admit that he was naked. We have to admit that in our sin we're naked before God. I, I have fallen. I messed up. I failed. And come to God and He can change you. He can fix you. No matter where you've messed up. No matter what life has thrown at you and your life has been uh, turned upside down. Yes, there are things that, that are forced upon people in their life. But, but you have the decision with your relationship with God. I'm not saying you can, you can control whether you got fired. I ain't saying you can control whether you got mugged on the way home. I can, I'm not saying everything is your choice. But you have a choice of what you do with what happens. You are your own person. You make your own decisions. Don't let this moment pass. But God wants to work in us. He wants to work on us and He wants to work through us, church. God has a purpose. He has a plan for your life. Don't let this moment pass. But no matter what we've done, God can fix it. Amen? No matter what you've done tonight, you need to understand that. No matter what you have done, God will forgive you. Don't believe the lie of the devil tonight. God will forgive you. But that's that part that I was speaking of where you have to, you have to realize that I've done wrong just like you know, Adam had to make confession because they were playing the blame game, but, but he had to realize that he was naked. We have to realize that we're naked. We have to come to God. We have to ask for forgiveness. We have to ask him to forgive, him, forgive us. Realize that I messed up, God. Yes, there were things in my life, but I was responsible. And ask God to forgive us. Don't let this moment pass. We're not promised a tomorrow, church. Don't let 
this moment pass. The story is told of three demons that come to the devil with their, their master plan of how to, to combat the, the threat of Christianity. And the first one, he, he told the devil, he said, I've got a plan. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to convince people there is no God. And the devil said, nah. He, he kind of liked the plan. He liked the thought of it. But he said, nah, in the end it's not going to work because there's too much evidence. God's everywhere. You know, only the fools has said in his heart there is no God. He said, it won't, it won't, it won't work. Not enough people will be fooled. And the next demon, he said, well, well I'll convince people there is no hell. There, there's no punishment for the wicked. And the devil, he, he liked that idea. But he said, in the end, he said, no, nah, the, the belief in God will lead to the belief in the punishment of wickedness. So I don't think that's going to work either. And the third one said, I got an idea. I'll tell them there's no hurry. And the devil realized the brilliantness of that. And he said, that'll work. There's a lot of people that they'll never be fooled that there is no God. They'll never be fooled that there is no hell. But there's so many people fooled into thinking there's no hurry. No hurry. Don't let this moment pass tonight, church. Jesus is coming soon. I know it's old hat. I know we've heard it all our lives. Even in the, even in the Bible days, they were looking for the coming of Jesus. But we're nearer today than we ever have been before. Every day brings us one day closer. What day it'll be, I don't know. But I do know Jesus is coming soon. I'm not changing my message. I'm not changing what the Bible says. I know Jesus is coming soon. And it's a lot sooner than a lot of us think. Corinthians 15 and 52. If I can get the musicians to come. It says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. In a moment. In a moment, church, it'll all be over. Don't let this moment pass. Because that moment is coming. Don't let this moment pass. Because that moment is coming. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. Don't let this moment pass, church. The same man that said, Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. He said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Today, every one of us have moments that come before us. And it's up to us what we do with the moments we are given. Every moment is a gift from God. What we do with that gift is up to us tonight. If you all stand me tonight, we need to make the best of every moment. Don't let this moment pass, church. I'm going to open these altars for whoever wants to come, whoever wants to, to re-consecrate, recommit, rededicate some things to God. 
I tell you tonight, if life is upside down, don't let this moment pass. If your family is broken up, don't let this moment pass because there is restoration here in this house tonight. There's restoration at these altars. Don't forsake the altar, church. Don't forsake the altar. So many churches have taken the altar out of the church. But don't forsake the altar tonight, church, because you're going to find your help at the tone of grace for that time of need. Don't let this moment pass. If you just need a little strength to face tomorrow, don't let this moment pass. If you need salvation for your soul, don't let this moment pass. If the devil's been coming against you, don't let this moment pass. If you need some strength, don't let this moment pass. Because God wants to touch you. God wants to change you. God wants to pick you up and put you back on that straight and narrow. God has great things for your life. He's got a plan. He's got a, a purpose for you. He's got a calling for you specifically. That He wants to minister to your need. He wants to love on you, church. Jesus just wants to love on you. Don't let this moment pass.